How do you gain spiritual strength and muscle? Let's find out today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. How do you become spiritually strong and deepen your relationship with the Lord? In today's revealing message, Pastor Jeff shares how spending time in the Word of God is one of the vital steps that must be taken to gain spiritual strength to stand strong against the forces of evil in our midst today. So the question for you is this, are you feeding on the pure milk of the Word and experiencing the blessings of God? Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, and it's the third lesson in seven from Pastor Jeff's series, The Next Step. And today's lesson is entitled, The Steps to Spiritual Strength, Part 2. Now, this and other important lessons are our gift of thanks to you for your support from his heart this month of any amount. You can receive this series on a USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs, your choice when you make your gift today to From His Heart of any amount. Go to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE. This is our 20th year broadcasting the good news to a dark and a hurting world. So we hope that you'll continue to be blessed each and every day, starting with this day. Turn in your Bible to 1 Peter, and let's take that next step to spiritual strength. Here again is Pastor Jeff. How can you become strong in the Lord Jesus Christ? It has to do with the Word. Three requirements that I want to share with you today from this passage. Requirement number one, you must feed on the Word of God. Chapter 2, verse 2 is key. Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the Word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Now, we know from reading the Bible that that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We know from the book of Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I'm going to please God, I have to have faith. How do I get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So I have to spend time in the book, in hearing from God in the book, so that I can grow strong in faith. So Four reasons why that's so important. Number one, God speaks to us through his word. Somebody once told me, I love this definition. He said, what is the Bible? The Bible is God's mind in print. That's what the Bible is. Now, the the scripture says of itself that it is inspired by God. This isn't some old dead book. This is the most unique book of all. Why? Because it's the word of the living God. And all scripture is inspired by God. That means it is God breathed. There's the breath of God on this book. That's why the writer of Hebrews says that the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. And it's sharp as any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. And it's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Bible is a unique book, 66 books, 40 different authors on three continents, written over 1,500 years, and it has one theme. 
one theme. It all just fits together. It's obviously not the work of men. It's the work of God. It's the word of God. So God speaks through his word. Secondly, God teaches us through his word. You and I need to be taught. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable for teaching. But not only is it profitable for teaching, God also reproves and corrects and trains us through his word. So he teaches us, but he also reproves us and corrects us and trains us in righteousness through his word. All scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That's the word of God. That's alive. Now, we live in a world today where people want to judge the word. They want to say, well, I I throw this out and I throw that out and I throw the other out. And I I had a conversation with a a woman who was uh, trying to defend some teaching that was wrong and, you know, conventional wisdom, and and she was making the case for uh, the LBGTQ uh, mindset. And she said, I said, well, that's not what the Bible teaches. She said, well, you know, uh, the best times I've had, uh, I I get away from the Bible, and and I just spend time with God apart from the Bible. And I've had some great times with God. You spend too much time reading the Bible is basically what she told me. I said, well, you know, I believe that the Bible is God's mind in print. God loves his word. And so if you're spending time apart from the word and saying you're having these great times with God, that might be another Jesus whom we have not preached because the God of the Bible is the God of his word. And you don't separate out, well, I like God over here, but I don't like what he says Uh, in his word. Those things are connected. The Bible is God's mind in print. And so it reproves us. It corrects us. It trains us in righteousness. We come before the Lord and all of a sudden he starts to expose things in our lives. He starts to convict us. And you say, oh, well, I don't really like that. Uh, You know, Jesus said the light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. And so we have to, we desperately need to come before the Lord and we say, would David search me, O God, and know my heart? Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful, evil way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is true for everyone. The tendency that every single person has, the apostle Paul included, Peter who wrote this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit included, we all have a tendency to drift away from what is right. We all have a tendency, as Jesus said to the church at Laodicea, you have left your first love. And as the song says, it's a slow fade. We don't just, man, I'm walking with God, I'm believing his word, everything is great, and all of a sudden now I've committed adultery 10 times over in the last three days. It doesn't work like that. It's a slow fade. We just drift away. Psalm 119, verses 127 and 128 says this, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. You want to save yourself a lot of grief in life? Just come to the word of God and say, Lord, your ways are right concerning everything. Lord, I don't come to your word to correct you. 
I come to your word for you to correct me. And that's how we have to take in the Bible. If you start becoming a judge of the Bible, you're going down a road that leads off a cliff. So God speaks to us through his word. He teaches us through his word. He reproves and corrects and trains us through his word. And then lastly, God blesses us through his word. He blesses and encourages you and me through his word. The scripture says, In Proverbs 16, verse 20, he who gives attention to the word shall find good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. If you'll give attention to the word, if you will take, say, I'm going to spend 10 to 15 minutes every day reading God's word, preferably in the morning when you start your day. If you can do that, and you will be faithful and committed to that, you will see that God will use his word to start changing your life because you will get strong. It's like saying, you know, I only eat once a week, but now I'm going to start eating every day. Uh, Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. And so I'm going to spend time with the Lord, and I promise you as you do that, it will change your life. You'll receive the blessing of God. He who gives attention to the word shall find good. Hey, as newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, you must feed on the word if you're going to be strong. Secondly, you must turn away from the appetite killers. There are appetite killers out there. As newborn babes, we long for the pure milk of the word, and that's a natural thing. When a baby comes into this world, a baby wants to eat. And if a baby doesn't want to eat, uh, there's something wrong with the baby. You know, babies, about every four hours, a baby wants to eat. And they're not just going to be kind about it. Like, hey, just want to give you a heads up, FYI. I mean, they're screaming. They're little terrorists. And they're just, they're just screaming at you, feed me, feed me, feed me. And then after you feed me, there's going to be a result, and then you can clean that up. And uh, then it's just, let's do this. Again, every four hours, I just want to eat. Now, if the baby doesn't want to eat, something is wrong with the baby. The baby is sick in some way. And if you don't have a desire for the word of God and you're truly born again, something is wrong with you. Look at verse 1. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. You have to put those things aside because if you don't, you're not going to long for the pure milk of the word. So he says in verse 1, all malice. That word for malice is just a general term that means wickedness. You have to lay that aside. Paul uses the same kind of terminology where he says, you lay aside the garments of your old self and you put on the garments of your new self, of the new man that you are in Christ. So you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he's still in his grave clothes And he says to the people, unbind him and let him go. He take off the grave clothes so that he can walk in freedom. And you and I, as believers in Jesus, we have to be very mindful that we lay aside the old self and the clothes of the old life, and we put on the new self who's being renewed according to the true knowledge of the one who created him. And we walk in newness of life. So he says, put aside all malice, all wickedness, and all guile all deceit and hypocrisy. A hypocrite in Jesus' day was a play actor. He wore a mask. 
He, he, you know, he had a mask on a stick and he'd have that mask and, and the actors would have several parts and so they'd put on a mask, hey, I'm this person and then they'd have this other mask, I'm that person and they were pretending to be someone they were not. And the Lord says, hey, when you come before me, you lay all that aside, all your hypocrisy, all your pretend, where you're pretending to be so spiritual and you know deep down in your heart that you're not. You get real and get honest. It's amazing to me how so few people want to really look in the mirror and be honest and say, would David search me, O God, and know my heart? So we lay aside all that, all guile, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all slander. Slander is an interesting word in the Greek. It's katalalia. It's an onomatopoeia, like bang, crash, pow. It's a Batman word, you know, for some of you big fans of the old Batman with Adam West and Burt. Uh, Ward. They, they, he'd hit somebody and be crash, pow, bang, onomatopoeia. The word sounds like it's meaning. Catalalia is slander. It sounds like it's meaning because you're going and you're blah, 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 blah. You're just spewing out all these things that are going to hurt this person and hurt that person. Oh, have you heard about blah, 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 blah. And you just let it go. You know, you're like a, uh, just a little tape recorder. You have these things that you say about people. He says, lay that all aside. Here's the thing. We won't want the word if we're walking in sin. You just mark it down. If you're walking in the darkness, you're not going to want the light of God's word. Why? Because it's going to expose you. It's going to reprove you. It's going to correct you. And you say, I don't want that. If we'd rather have our sin, then we won't want the word. Hey, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. It's as simple as that. Peter says, you got to lay that stuff aside. you got to put it aside so that you can hear from God. So that, like a newborn babe, you can long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So what do you do if you say, hey, I'm guilty of all this stuff. There's just general wickedness and, and guile and hypocrisy. Man, that just, that just gets me. Here's the good news. You can take all your sin to the Lord and be forgiven. So we can bring all our sin to him and be totally cleansed. So here I am, I'm having a Monday morning. Pastor Jeff's going to have a quiet time with the Lord. And before I start reading the word, I come before him and say, God, I need you to speak to me. And uh, Lord, I need you to search my heart. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way and lead me in the way everlasting. God, is there any sin in my heart that I haven't confessed? And the Lord may say something, you know, you were rude to Debbie last night. And so when you have time with the Lord, you search your heart to make sure things are right. You get things out of the shadows and under his blood. And you remember 1 John 1, 9. It's been called the Christian bar of soap. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If, that's a big if. If we confess, he'll do that. Confession, homologeo, that means to say the same thing as God says. It means to agree with God. What God says about your sin, you say, God, I agree with you. This sin is horrible. This sin is terrible. I sinned against you. I broke your, uh, not only broke your law, but I broke your heart. Oh, God, have mercy on me and forgive me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. I don't care what your unrighteousness is. It's all unrighteousness. Oh, well, God could never forgive me. I had an abortion. 
He can't forgive me for that. Doesn't that fall under the category of all unrighteousness? Well, I committed some terrible, horrible sexual sin. Well, doesn't that fall under the category of all unrighteousness? When Peter preached to the people and told them to repent, they were guilty of saying about the Lord Jesus, not this man, but Barabbas. They disowned the righteous one and asked for a murderer to be put in his place. Send Jesus to the cross. Give us Barabbas. I mean, they committed such a terrible, horrible sin. And God forgave them for that sin. He'll forgive anybody for anything. As Corey Ten Boom says, no matter how deep the sin, God's love is deeper still. So you got to watch out for the appetite killers. And if the appetite killers get into your heart and you know there's sin in your heart, you need to come, desperately need to come before the Lord, confess those things to him, turn from those things and ask him to cleanse and change. Some will say, ah, but Jeff, you don't understand. I can't forgive myself. I hear that so often. I can't forgive myself. Well, let me tell you something. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to forgive yourself. This is what the Bible says. You receive his forgiveness. And when the king of kings and lord of lords says you are forgiven, who cares what you say? I just received his forgiveness. Stop elevating your sin above the shed blood of God's son. When the son sets you free, he sets you free indeed. And quit living in guilt and shame. You just know that I've been forgiven and cleansed. And then requirement number three, very quickly, you must answer the all-important question. Verse three, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Hey, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Now, babies, if they don't eat, if they're not hungry, it's because they're sick. But we need to back up and be honest and say, if I don't have a desire for the word of God, maybe it's because I've never been born again. Maybe it's because I've never tasted the kindness of the Lord. Maybe it's because I'm just a hypocrite, a play actor, and this has never been real in my life. I talk to people often who will say, you ask them about their relationship with the Lord, oh, yeah, that happened a long time ago. I was, uh, you know, uh, eight, nine, ten, something like that. I said, well, when did Christ change your life? When it was eight, nine, ten? Well, not really. I didn't really do anything, you know, after that. Do you have any desire for the word of God? Well, no. And, you know, I was just a kid, so not really. They don't have any testimony that says they were ever hungry for the word of God. Listen, when a baby comes into this world, there is a natural desire for mother's milk. It's just innate. They don't have to gin it up. It's just there. They're hungry for the milk of the baby's mother. And if you don't have a hunger for the word of God, for the people of God, for worship and praise, if that's not in your heart at all, you have to be honest enough to say, maybe I've never truly been saved. Listen, have you ever tasted the kindness of the Lord? Does that resonate in your heart? Is God good? And you say, he's been good to me. I, I, that resonates with me. I have tasted the kindness of the Lord. You know, maybe you're here and you say, well, Jeff, I, I, that's, I've never had that. 
I've never really had a desire in my heart to really know him, to press in to know him and to know his word. Maybe I've never tasted. You know what the scripture says in the book of Psalms? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you've never tasted and seen that the Lord is good, God gives you an invitation. Well, if you haven't tasted the kindness of the Lord, then why not start today? Taste and see that the Lord is good. The last book of the Bible is the book of the Revelation. The last chapter in the last book of the Bible, uh, toward the last paragraph of the last book of the last uh, chapter of the Bible, it gives an invitation. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Come and let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost come. There's an invitation at the end. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, if you're here, you're watching on television, live stream, listening on the radio, and you've never come to the Lord and coming to him, as it says in verse 4, as to a living stone, you've never come to the Lord, you can come today and you can taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you are born again, you give your heart and life to Christ and Jesus comes to live in your heart by the person of the Holy Spirit, he gives you a desire for the word, for worship, for being with other believers. There's a change that takes place in your heart. If you've never experienced that change, that can happen today. Don't you think it's time to get serious about Jesus Christ? So how about you? Have you ever really been serious about surrendering it all to God? Or are you still holding on to your own problems, your own salvation, your own worries, your own struggles? Listen, that's just not going to work. God created you to know Him He created you to know Him because He wants you to love Him freely. And when you come to Him through repentance and faith, He'll wrap His arms around you, the Holy Spirit will come inside you, and the desires of your life will change. You'll want to love Him more and to serve Him more. You'll want to give Him your all. To find out more about exactly what that means, we hope you'll go to fromhisheart.org and then click the Why Jesus link on the homepage. You'll find all kinds of information and free material to help you get started in your Christian journey. It's a journey that will give you purpose and glorify God in the process, which is why you were created to begin with. Hey, no matter where you are in your maturation process with the Lord, all of us can and will become spiritually stronger and deepen our relationship with the Lord through faithful worship in a Bible-believing church, relationships with mature Christian friends, regular Bible study, prayer, and much more. And all of that can be taught to you in Pastor Jeff's series, The Next Step, Seven Lessons of Practical and Inspirational Teaching. It's available on a USB flash drive, immediate digital download, CDs, or DVDs when you make your gift of any amount from his heart this month. Call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org. Now, in our 20th year of broadcasting this good news to a lost and hurting world, Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry. Thank you for helping us take our next steps to expand this ministry around the world to a lost and dying world. God bless you. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast, but I'm Larry Nobles inviting you to join Pastor Jeff this weekend on television on several national Christian TV networks and in 182 countries around the world. 
Or you can watch the weekly TV broadcast online anytime at fromhisheart.org. And we pray that you'll be right back here next time for the next lesson in the Next Step series with a message entitled, How to Spend Time with God. Join us then when Pastor Jeff will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.